The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. It's Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, AJ Abelgarth. Uh, you look like uh, the neighbor from, you know, Tool Time, right now. Home oh. improvement. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You're like, uh, like behind the mic. Yeah. I forget Wilson. that guy's name. Wilson. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we got our own Wilson on the show here. There we go. That's a little bit better. What's going on, man? Uh, not too much. Another uh, another snowy day in paradise here. Yeah, loving it. No, in really. the land of rising sun. <laughs> how much did you get up there? Because I know now that you're uh, a couple, you know, about an hour or so more north. How much? How much snow did you actually get? Uh, we didn't really get hit yeah. too hard. Uh, I mean, it's it's not as much snow, but it's icy as hell. I yeah. uh, I went to go actually. Um take my recycling stuff out and I ended up putting uh putting the one bin on the driveway and I was like hmm. we paid some kids to to shovel it today since I was working from home. So like, well, I'll work from home inside and shovel have them shovel outside. Looked at the driveway and I was like, yeah, this this just looks like a sheet. So I just was like push the recycling bin ever so lightly and it yeah. slid pretty much all the way down. Uh, I mean, my driveway is sloped, so that helps, but took the second one, did the same thing, made it a little farther, and then uh, decided to get a little plastic container lid from one of our numerous storage bins from the move and uh, rode myself down the driveway at uh, blazing speeds, so it was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, we got we got all ice, and it was I, I shoveled it myself, but it wasn't wasn't super fun, but... All right, man. Uh, so we got our AL, uh, AL West preview show tonight. But uh, before we jump into that, let's do our beer of the week. Mm, beer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, AJ, what you got tonight? All right. So tonight I uh, cracked open something a little newer, but I just haven't had a chance to, to dig into it yet. It's a new Belgium special release called oak spire it's an old-fashioned bourbon barrel ale nine percenter so i don't know we'll see what happens all right <laughs> you sound excited <laughs> mm. yeah that's good that'll do all right sounds good man uh so i'm drinking a other half brewing it's actually uh paired with the veil uh another new york brewery that uh Imperial Pale Ale, ten point six percent. This one's a this one's a whopper, man. Um, it's called Daddy's Home. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I I think I bought it just for the name, but it it's, I haven't tried it yet. So let's see let's see what we got. 
Oh, that's tasty. Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. It does taste good, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, Steady going to stay home. Uh, I'll give it to <laughs> yes. the ten point sixer. I will. Uh, I will give it a four and a half. I, I like that. It's it's a good one, man. Uh, so, <clears throat> Jeff laughs at my ratings. Sorry, I buy good. I buy good beer. I don't. I don't check in two and a halfers like you. Uh huh. Okay. Glad nobody heard that. Uh, all right, let's move on to the ALS preview here. Our uh, our guest of honor for the show tonight is Matt Williams, uh, new writer for NBC Sports Edge, formerly Roto World, uh, host of the Turn Two podcast, and founder of Roto Fanatic. Matt, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, glad to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I haven't I haven't talked to you since last PitchCon. I know it's going, it's going right on right now, now man. I'm, I'm sort of I'm bummed out. I didn't get an invite this year, but. Uh, Sorry, yeah, I, I realized uh, that we haven't we haven't talked since then. Uh, are, are you on it this year? No, no, no. I have uh, I have a I have a lot happening right now, but Talk. I am tuning in. I watched uh, Alex Fast broke down how to make uh, those pitch overlays that he puts on Twitter. So I'm like taking notes. I'll, I'll try <laughs> to do all that crazy computer stuff. I'll probably end up throwing my computer screen while trying it. <laughs> yeah, man, that is a that is a fantastic what three day event, right? Or yeah it's a lot of a lot of fun we had a blast last year man we all like were throwing back like you guys were drinking like bourbons and we, i was drinking a big beer like yeah, <laughs> we were just like the comedy hour it was pretty funny yeah tonight uh, i'm i'm uh i have a nice 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 canister of h2o all right hey hey I got I got the water here. I'm just not drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta hydrate just, while, you just, while you gotta you intimidate dehydrate. the water. Yeah. water. This is what you should be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um yeah, let's let's break down this AL West. Uh so what we do here is we go team by team. We'll we'll jump into kind of who's new to the team. We might pause on a player here and there. We'll go through the projected batting lineup that's over on Fangraphs by Rasa Resource. And then uh, we got three questions per team, and uh, Jeff's showing his. You have like a, a a cap, like a baseball cap obsession, Jeff. Last week, fifty baseball hats. Damn. All right. I mean, I I got the old like Baskin Robbins ice cream kids, you know, things over here from like the early nineties. I mean, I'm rocking it, dude. Uh, I think AJ. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> I know. I saw my kids. I was like, I might just wear Time one party. Let's, let's, let's do it. But I don't think it would sit on my head all night. So I just figured I'd throw them up there. We'll they used, right. to, they used we'll to have those those helmets where people just ate the ice cream. And now you go to games and people are like eating nachos and like buffalo wings and all sorts of stuff out of the giant helmets now. Yeah. So are the know, big ones? Jeez. Yeah, the big ones. They have like, full, like, not like authentic helmets, but they're like full right. size. Like, wow. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to eat. Help you know nachos and then put it on your head. I haven't seen anyone. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone go to the bathroom Whoop, and clean it, it out. I'm, I'm sure it has and or will happen uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, sure. I, I can definitely like see you with myself partaking in that. Yeah. So all right, let's jump in here. Houston Astros is the first team we're going to uh, tackle. Uh, new to the team, we got Jason Castro, Steven Souza Jr., and Pedro Baez. Not a ton of you know huge additions here. You know, of course, we know that they lost Springer in this offseason, so that's a that's a big loss. Um, projected starting lineup here. 
from Roto Rasta uh, Resource, sorry, is Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Michael Brantley, Carlos Correa, Jordan Alvarez, uh, Yuli Gurriel, Kyle Tucker, Miles Straw, Jason Castro. Um, and then the pitching staff, still pretty solid. Zach Grinke, Framber Valdez, Lance McCullers Jr., Jose Urquidy, and Christian Javier. Javier. Um, you know, obviously, we, we know Verlander's going to be – he's out for the whole year, right? I'm, I'm blanking on that completely for some reason. But uh, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, I just probably should have realized that before the show started, but I'm pretty sure he's done for the whole for the whole year. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's a that's another huge loss here. Um, yeah, he got Tommy John in October, so that's oh, yeah. yeah that he's gonna pitch this year. Uh, that, that's pretty much a no. So yeah, he's done for the whole year. Um, but yeah, let's let's jump into the first question, AJ. What you got? All right. So first question here, we've got uh, Mr. Jordan Alvarez in his real sophomore season this this time. Um, so after coming off surgery for the torn patella tendon and arthroscopic surgery on both knees, I mean, what can we honestly expect from Mr. Alvarez this year, Matt? I mean, I I, I love Jordan Alvarez. His ceiling is literally best hitter in baseball. Um, we saw what he could do when he first came up. I mean, he literally was like, he was like everything that you see Juan Soto being. He's Miguel Cabrera. That's exactly the kind of hitter he was. But obviously, it was over a short sample size. But everything, he had, everything he did looked legitimate. So, um, 2019 was a 369 plate appearances, 27 home runs, um, in three, and he batted 313 with a 412 on base. The thing is, those 27 home runs and 369 plate appearances is that year in AAA, he also had 253 plate appearances where he hit another 23 home runs. So it was just an absolutely absurd uh, rookie season. And But for as young as he is, having surgery on both knees, I don't know where to what to do with that. Um, he's currently going like, I don't, depending on the ADP you look at, in like around 90 or 100. So I think he's a fine option to take there. I mean, everyone is always every year taking like Nelson Cruz saying, all right, well, there's the group that's like, all right, the wheels are going to fall off and they never quite do. <laughs> you have him there with utility. You have um, JD Martinez, the bounce back thing. He's sitting there at utility. And then you have Jordan Alvarez right around there. I'll take a shot on Jordan. They say he's fine. Uh, he's he had the you know it's one thing to play through an injury, but he had the surgeries he needed to. They say he's done everything he needs to. Um, we'll see what it looks like in spring training. He'll, he'll probably be one of those people where you either take him at a discount now, but in the first week if he hits two home runs, I mean, where right. does his ADP shoot up to? <laughs> he'll, pro- he'll probably be like you know there'll, there'll be someone who reaches for him in the 30s. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I, I would have definitely been hunting for shares in Dynasty, but in redraft, I think right now he's going at a pretty decent discount. Where if it doesn't work out, it won't sting. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like him a lot. I mean, like you said, I, I think his his ceiling is just incredible. Obviously, I think you you hit it right there on the head there with with the fact that you know I, I kind of want to see him play healthy uh, before I'm really willing to buy it. And fortunately, I'm not in. I'll, you know, any drafts super early. Um, but yeah, his ADP is actually 78. Um, 70? Yeah. 78 oh, you know what? I've seen him. I've the, the, I have one share and I drafted him 
at like 101. So I know yeah. he falls if you're in a room that's just like risk averse. <laughs> yeah. Seems like the like I'm looking at Fantasy Pros where they do like the consensus ADP between Yahoo, RT Sports, NFBC, and, and Fantrax. Uh, Yahoo people are very aggressive on him at 56. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, for whatever reason. But uh, everybody else is 82, 83, and 93 over on Fantrax. So, um, and that actually kind of surprises me with Fantrax because I think there's Dynasty built into Fantrax, a lot of Dynasty built in for Fantrax. And so, uh, and best that, ball too, right? Isn't there best ball built in? Um, I would imagine so, but I don't know. Maybe, be, maybe Fantasy little, Pros is able to get those out of there. I'm not sure because I definitely would be more aggressive on Jordan and best ball for sure. Yeah. I mean, you got You can make up a lot, you know, you can make up for a lot more mistakes in best ball. I feel like, yeah. you know, so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's a fantastic player. I'm all about, you know, his ceiling. I mean, the average is there. The the power is there. You know, it's still a good lineup regardless of losing Springer or not. So, you know, if if he is healthy, he's going to be a monster. Um, so this moving one, on. One player you kind of overlooked just real quick because he says new to the team, Steven Souza Jr., which is not a totally exciting name, but... <laughs> Um, they did have George Springer leave. They have not brought in Jackie Bradley Jr., Miles Strauss in the outfield. Jordan Alvarez, you know, the odds are he probably by design or by, you know, maybe he'll get injured. He's not guaranteed to be on the field the whole time. He's in there at the DH. Michael Brantley's in left. They'd probably love him to be the DH, and he could also get injured. He wasn't last year, but a couple of guys that could easily go down, and all of a sudden Steven Souza Jr. could be in for every day at bats and a pretty good lineup. So, uh, if you're in a deep league, I just think it's a name to keep in mind that no one's thinking about, even though he has his own injury problems. But in you know in deep formats or just if you want to fill up a you know fill up your uh, your watch list in uh, like twelve team leagues, he's just someone where all of a sudden he could be dumped into the you know in the middle of a pretty decent lineup. No, I I love that I love that thought there. It's a hundred percent spot on. Um, yeah, Souza is is a guy that like when he does get playing time, it's not sexy, but it you know it's it it works like if it. If you know, it gives value for you. So, um, moving on here, though, the next question here, uh, it's Kyle Tucker finally turning into the, the player that a lot of people thought he would be, you know, last year in 58 games, nine home runs, eight stolen bases. I mean, this is what we were hoping he was going to be, you know, in a full season. That's, that's a pretty fantastic season for him, you know, or are we just thinking, eh, it was 60 games. Let's, let's wait. And no, see. I, I love Tucker. I, I don't have a problem where he's going either. Like the third mm-hmm. round, I'm, I much prefer him to Luis Robert or who is going right next to him because Robert obviously has a pretty decent trap door below him. We saw that at the end of the season, which has probably cost him the rookie of the year. And he'll be batting seventh or eighth for the White Sox where I don't see him climbing his lineup. Whereas Kyle Tucker currently slated about seventh. I can see him climbing up even though, you know, his manager doesn't like young players much. Um, you know, Bregman, we saw him struggle a little bit. Michael Brantley, you know, is getting older. Yodon, we already talked about the injury concerns. And uh, there's three lefties on the team. I could see Tucker being the one that ends up being near the top of the lineup. So that doesn't scare me away as much. So I'm willing to take him right now where he's going. Like I said, it's like maybe I've seen him go as early as late second round. But most leagues, it's like middle third, beginning yeah. of third round. Uh, yeah, is where right he's now, going. 35 ADP right now is, where, yeah. is what it's looking at. So, yeah. Yeah. AJ yeah, I mean, thoughts? I think he's decent average 30-20 guy um, with a ceiling for a heck of a lot more. I'll, I'll take a shot. I don't I don't see him doing worse than that as long as he's healthy, even at the bottom of the lineup. 
Yeah, I, I do like Tucker. Um, I definitely like the upside that's there. Uh, he's shown the flashes. And last year, you know, albeit it was a, a weird season all around. We've already talked about that uh, on previous shows, too. And I'm sure we'll continue to talk about it throughout <laughs> the rest of the season. Um, if we have a full season, hopefully we will. But, yeah, I definitely like Tucker, especially in a in a league where you're looking at at four or five outfielders, which is fairly standard, I, I know. But I do have a couple of leagues that I've played in over the past few years that have dropped out of that and done either three and maybe an extra utility or, uh, you know, or four. So uh, I definitely think Tucker can can pay off. And, and it's like, kind of like Sousa, you know, he's a name that's that's out there. You know of it, but you're not necessarily going to jump on it super quick, but if he falls to you at the right price, why not? So brings us into the, the pitcher's side here for Houston. So after a very successful, again, weird 2020, uh, is Framber Valdez actually the real deal? And is he worth his ADP of, of 97? I think, I don't think he's exactly what we saw last year. He had a problem because he's more mainly a ground ball pitcher, like extreme ground ball pitcher. If you look at his minor league numbers, I mean, he's like, I mean, he's like 60, 70%, not Mm -hmm. even 50. Um, So he was more of a contact guy, but he was a little wild, but he did change his mechanics and his uh, just general philosophy, which allowed him to, he pitched a lot more contact and allowed his curveball to tunnel with his sinker, which people thought a sinker was coming, they'd swing, the curveball would dive out, and they wouldn't miss it. That's where a lot of the strikeouts came from. I think he got a little lucky in that regard, so I don't think the strikeout um, maybe will stick around as much, but I do believe in his pitch mix and the way he cut down on his walks. So I think that that is something I, I believe in, which is, I think, enough for an ADP at 97 because he's continuing to get better as well. I mean, there was only four pitchers, that had a 50% plus ground ball rate and a K minus walk percentage of above 20%. League average is like 14. These four guys were above 20. Uh, Luis Castillo, Clayton Kershaw, Hinjin Ryu, and Framber Valdez. And that was a pr- that's a pretty gigantic group. So I think he can get swings and misses on the sinker and the um, curve. So he's not like a Tyler Glasnow or Lamette where the two pitches I think are going to give him trouble because that curve is like pretty amazing. Uh, so I think it'll be a little more like the Max Freed route where maybe there's more contact than people want, but it it will be weak contact. So um, while the strikeouts may not be there for people that want it, I'm still fine taking him around like 100 uh, if if that comes to it because I think, you know, he's – He's a nice guy to take in that, uh, you know, those boring like the Jose Barrios, you know, Kyle Hendricks kind of area where you just are going to get some decent production across the board. I think Frambo can fit in real nicely with them. Yeah. yeah. Joe, any thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, he pretty much said it. I mean, Valdez is right there in a, in a conversation where I, I, you know, I like a lot of guys, you know, Dylan Bundy's. We'll talk about him later. Sixto Sanchez, you know, McCullers is there. Um, you know, a bunch of guys who, you know, I feel like they could all bottom out pretty, pretty quickly, or, you know, they could all take another step and just be that much better. Um, Valdez is one of those guys that I think, you know, because he is a ground ball pitcher and he's, he's a little bit safer than maybe some of the rest too. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I like that. Um, yeah. I mean, his K percentage has been over 20 
all three years that he he's pitched in the bigs. Um, I mean, obviously 2018 was a much smaller sample size, about half um, the innings, a little over half the innings pitched. Um, but he was more of a starter then. Uh, 2019 seems like he was used more in the bullpen. You know, only eight mm-hmm. games started, um, and he went four and seven. So obviously that's not great. Uh, but you know, 70 and two thirds the past two years. So they're, they're working him up. I definitely think he'll, uh, he'll, he'll top out this year, you know, again. And I think he, if he can keep that walk rate way down where, you know, that steep of a drop that he had from 2019, uh, I think, I think he's going to pay off, uh, pay some dividends for, for the guys that go after him. Yeah. I mean the, the note I wrote and, but Mike, you, you kind of killed it. Uh, you kind of already answered it was his left on base rate is sky high, but it's because he's a ground ball pitcher. So that's kind of somewhat expected, but some people might look at that and go, Oh, well that's going to regress. Well, it might not because of the type of pitcher he is. So, um, all right, AJ, I think we can move on to the angels, man. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, let's do it. So, uh, new to the team here, we have Dexter Fowler, uh, Jose Iglesias. We've got Jose Quintana, Alex Cobb, uh, Rizel Iglesias. Okay. Let's think about that for a second. Let's, let's, let's touch on Rizel. What are your thoughts on Rizel, Matt? I don't know. It looks like the Reds were going for a full meltdown, and the only guy they ended up actually getting rid of was Rossell Iglesias. It was probably the a huge mistake for you know what they got back. I think that uh, he had some ups and downs last year. He had twelve. Uh, it was a twelve K per nine, two seven four ERA, one eight four WHIP, and he looked pretty good uh, doing it. Uh, you know, that's after a couple of like rockier years before, where the four one six ERA and a three nine two FIP. Even the year before, two three eight ERA with a four two three FIP. I think that they cashed in incredibly too low on uh, someone that was, I think, right now my favorite target for a relief pitcher because you have Josh Hader, who, you know, he's still very young, so it's not like he's going the route of Andrew Miller very quickly, but we've seen some red flags with him. Devin Williams is right on his tail. Edwin Diaz, obviously, he was amazing in 2020 and 2019. He had all sorts of scares. He has Trevor May and a lot of other people that can, and when Seth Lugo comes back, he has some some issues as well. Uh, Liam Hendricks, he, you know, there's no problems there. He, he probably should be the number one closer off the board, in my opinion. But, you know, people just fall off. Uh, look at the uh, saves leader from year to year to year. It changes, like, constantly. There's hardly anyone that matches in the top five. And then you have Ross Ailey Glacius here, who's on a, a decent team, who probably should have done a lot more to improve than just him. Uh, they went out and got, like, six or seven mediocre starting pitchers. But, yeah, I think he's great. He's significantly cheaper than those other guys I talked about, and he's mm. one of the few people that just have the job locked down with really no one breathing down their neck. So, yeah, I love Iglesias, and I think he's uh, he's definitely the uh, first guy that uh, I would really want to you know try to take a stab at because I think he should be up there with the rest of the guys, and he's just discounted. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a rough go a couple years ago, I feel like, and, and just – had a couple of guys that were right behind him that came up and played pretty well. Um, I don't know if it was a little bit of overuse the year before and whatnot, but uh, I mean, he's, he's been up and down throughout. Uh, but like you said, there's nobody here on this team that's really going to challenge him um, for this role. I mean, you got 
what Felix Pena. Okay. Ty Buttry. We've seen what you can do. Alex Claudio. We've seen what you can do. Um, you know, it's just not even, not even really worth talking about anybody else in the bullpen other than him. He keeps getting better too. His swinging strike rate. It's gone from 13.9 to 15.3 to 18.6. Oh, swing, the, how much swings there are outside of the strike zone has gone from 33.7 to 34.4 to 36.8. And Z contact, which is fantastic, just how much contact people are making when they swing in the strike zone. It's gone from 80.6 to 75.6 to 77.9 and then 72.6. I mean, that is a great mark. So yeah. you have a guy that's like tons of swinging strikes in the strike zone and everyone's swinging outside of the strike zone. I mean, it's exactly what you want to see in a closer. Yeah. Um, and then Alex Claudio, again, also new to the team who we just mentioned. Uh, so lineup, we're looking at David Fletcher leading off. Then you got Jared Walsh in the two spot, followed by Mr. Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Justin Upton, uh, Otani at the DH, Dexter Fowler, Jose Iglesias, and Max Stasi at catcher. So that's the... Uh, the Angels lineup right there. Joe, what do you got for question one? Uh, yeah, well, so so real quick, just kind of interesting. Uh, so the, the pitchers as well, though, Andrew Heaney, Dylan Bundy, Jose Quintana, Alex Cobb, Griffin Canning, and then Shohei Otani. Um, so there's, there's a lot of pitchers there. Uh, we're talking probably six-man rotation here coming up, and we'll ask about that in a minute. But first question here. Gotta gotta start with Mike Trout. I mean, like this is like the first year ever that I haven't seen Mike Trout in I don't know how long, at least talked about as being the number one player taken off the board. It's pretty unanimous now that nobody's taking him number one. Um, and, and I get it, you know, the, the steals are are not there anymore for him. And so you guys got you got guys like Tatis and Acuna. And bets who are still running and can hit with power as well. You know, they're all around five tool players. Um, I mean, is there, I, I guess, unless you disagree, and, and feel free to jump in with that if you totally disagree with him not being number one. But, you know, I, I think everybody does agree with that. And, but is there, my question to you is, is there anything? else that would concern you with Mike Trout now that he is starting to get a little bit older um, in his game? You know, his numbers did sort of decline last year kind of all around, even though they're still stellar. But like, you know, we are starting to see a slight decline in his numbers. You know, is there anything to, you know, worry that he could be declining even more? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he hit he won with a 390 on base, 603 slugging, 17 home runs, 240 plate appearances. I think he's fine. Uh, I mean, Albert Pujols was number one, and the time will come going to start to slip. The speed is a byproduct of that. He's gone from you know 30, 22, 24, and then down to 11 in 2019, and then 2020 he stole just the one. I'm pretty sure we can count on that being the case. I mean, you can maybe hope for 10, but you know, hoping beyond that I think is 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 a little silly. The news came out today that Luan Soto is possibly looking to steal more. Any possibility of anyone thinking they were close, that gap is probably is probably grown because of that. Um, and he was always going to steal more bases probably in the end anyway. Um, I don't have a problem with anyone taking him early because I think he's about as safe a player as they come. I mean, you're going to get these triple crown stats from him and uh, he's going to be very, very safe. He, he will not be the number one overall player. 
He hasn't been that often, but he always is near the top. So you're looking for consistency, not necessarily the best player. And you don't need the player to be number one overall. You just want to make sure you have a good return on your investment in the first round. But yeah, I'm not worried about him at all. And I would say people aren't talking about him as number one. I mean, Scott, I, I can't speak for all leagues because everyone's different. I've been in a lot of the industry leagues. I'd say he's like the consensus number nine pick at this point because I've wow. never been in a league uh, so far where anyone's been eager to take him in front of the shortstops. I'm talking Tatis or Turner in front of the outfielders, Soto, Betts, Cunha, and uh, the three aces up there, DeGrom, Bieber, Cole. He pretty much goes always after those guys. Um, so far, and it's he's getting to the point where people are starting to t- consider story uh, J Ram over him as well. He said those stolen bases are a big deal getting them early yeah. um, in ways that won't hurt you. So I have no problem, but it's 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 not just Trout; it's the whole first round. I don't remember a year where you can make a case for so many people going in any order in the top ten. There's usually more of a set hierarchy, and I mean, I think I must have, I I must have seen ten different players go number one so far. Yeah, wow, that's pretty pretty shocking to see him go nine in a lot of leagues. Uh, right now on Fantasy Pros, his his ADP is is four point eight. Uh, but I mean, we're talking, you know, Acuna is one, and then Betts is two point three, Tatis is three, Soto's four, and then Trout's four point eight. So, yeah, I mean, a lot's gonna change once the spring starts and we see people play, and and you know, once once we get a lot more leagues drafting, but um, it's interesting to hear him go that late. Um, if I could get him in nine, I'd be, I'd be severely, yeah, there'd be a big smile on my face for anyone <laughs> who's doubting Mike Trout. If you draft him, you will be happy. I mean, you'll <laughs> yeah. probably, you'll need to get stolen bases elsewhere, but you, you will be fine. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a still Mike Trout. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Exactly. I, I, I'm, I would be more than happy to take him anywhere from, five to to nine no matter what league i'm in no matter what the categories and stats are for it i will take him especially if it's at nine and i'm drafting that late because i know i got a nice second round right. pick coming that's right back about on say. the turn i mean that's huge so get some steals you, on the way back one outfielder down and then you go after you know one of these other uh like a lindor maybe right you know he's gonna I, get you some steals he's gonna get you plenty of other counting stats and he's in that top tier of shortstops that's heavily you know garnered this year because shortstop drops off hard and quick the uh, i'm in this league called the battle of the podcast which is a lot of different podcast hosts and it's a 15 team like nfbc league we're all in and i had the ninth pick and everyone went but mike trout i took trout at nine that's where i that's where i got him and on my second pick i figured all right i'll grab some steals or i'll grab an ace uh, Giolito, Castillo, Nola, um, Flaherty, uh, Darvish, every Bauer, they all went. Um, so it was either I grabbed Brandon Woodruff early or skipped that. Francisco Lindor went, Harper went. And then, so I'm like, all right, am I taking Cody Bellinger here? And I like, all right, I already have Mike Trout. So I have some triple crown stats that I'm very happy with. I really need some speed. Uh, and I'm in a league with people I'd love to destroy. So I take Mike Trout and I pair him with Aldoberto Mondesi. Oh, so, wow. Nice. Um, it's not something I recommend for everybody, but I'm truly excited to see how this team turns out because if he's healthy, um, my offense is pretty much set with two players. Yeah, you're talking that's 60 steals solid. from Mondesi if he's healthy. It's Man, a, it's a nice, if, if you could pair Mondesi with Trout or Soto, I think that's pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, wow. 
Yeah. All right, AJ, like uh, let's, let's move on to the next question here. All right, so let's dip into pitching here. Um, uh, we talked about Otani a little bit. So he's been cleared to be the full two-way player, um, albeit just recently. But are you boosting him up your draft board given that you can use his pitching stats um, and also his batting? No, he's um, – I don't want to throw around the word undraftable, but I'm not drafting him. I have no interest in that headache. He hasn't – whatever was wrong with him wasn't properly taken care of with surgery. I, I don't think pitching is a long-term option for him. I don't. I think it's coming where it's, uh, you know, whether it's another surgery for him or – what have you? I I do not think. I think hitting. He needs to be an out. He needs to go into the outfield, and he needs to just be an everyday hitter. I think this two way thing is a pipe dream, and I wish him the luck. I mean, if anyone's seen the scout, the real life Steve Nebraska, I want it to work out more than you know more than everybody, but I don't see it. I I'm stunned that they, this was announced, and he was cleared for this. To be honest, I I just I just assumed that they were just going to back him off pitching and just let him hit this year anyway, but. I'm hoping for it. I really don't think it'll work out, um, especially you know in this instance where they're going to have like a six-man rotation with a bunch of other weird pitchers in there. Who knows how many innings they'll let him go in a in a regular start? He if it's a six-man rotation, he's pretty much always never going to have two start weeks. There's too many downsides to this, um, in my opinion. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be. Was it? Two years ago where they were like, oh, yeah, he's our pitcher every Sunday or every other Sunday or whatever weird thing that was. So it's like I, I, you can't you can't trust it. You're right. Like, I, I don't like him. If you want to draft him, you're drafting him for his bat and his power. And and that's it. And that's fine. If you want to do that, I'm, I don't have well, any, that's the thing, though, because like if they're pitching him too, that reduces the amount of at bats if they're giving him days in between or anything. Right. Yeah, that's true. It, I mean, are they get, are they going to let him hit the day before he pitches? I don't know. I mean, it, I, I would assume not. I don't remember. Maybe what they pinch did a hit. Go, I forget. But uh, either way, it's just like someone else can have him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd I like a, I'd like him more in daily lineup leagues. Most leagues now are weekly, um, and that really that really hurts him. Yeah, I, I've I fortunately only play in weekly leagues. I'm not in a ton of leagues, but I the ones I do, I, they're all weekly or or daily, except for the industry ones like TGFBI and things like that that I'm in. Um, but my my home leagues and you know things like that they're all they're all daily lineup leagues so otani plays a lot more in those in, well, in that, yeah definitely possible definitely <laughs> yeah definitely uh plays in those leagues but uh last question here and a little bonus question at the end here so so dylan bundy um a lot of people liked him last year and me included he did have the breakout people were expecting that, that now that he got away from camden yards i mean can you expect this to continue or was this simply just the 65 inning sample size, you know, or is this the real Dylan Bundy that we were seeing? No, I believe in Dylan Bundy. I mean, he had to rely more on his breaking pitches and he did every, the change we wanted to see in Baltimore finally took place and it's, it's what we saw come true. So uh, the main thing is in his past, he had a lot of injury issues. Uh, They're going to have a six man rotation. So that'll be behind him. But again, I don't know if I'm com- comfortable at his ADP because of it. I don't think people are necessarily understanding what kind of limit, how much that limits you um, having the six man rotation. But, you know, it's we'll see if that's going to be official or not. We assume it is with how many pitchers they have. But as far as how well he did, yeah, he started throwing his, you know, his 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 best pitches more. And uh, that's become more of a popular thing. Sonny Gray basically doesn't, you know, he went that direction, too. He just started throwing breaking stuff. So. 
Um, yes, I think that Dylan Bundy is legitimate. I'm not really happy drafting these pitchers on the for sure six man teams, though, because uh, at least the early ones, because I do think it's going to dramatically cut down on those innings, which in this year, you know, you, you really need. And it's not doesn't matter as much for them. But like, let's say you had a pitcher that was going to go to Coors Field in the National League. You can't sit him. If you're already in a six-man rotation, I mean, you're, then you're cutting down even more innings. It's just, you know, where does it stop? Uh, you know, um, I think innings are going to be down in general, so you can't be cutting them down for no reason. I mean, there's some pitchers that are going to go late enough where it doesn't matter, or they're going to be good enough where it doesn't matter. Dylan Bundy's like in that weird middle tier where he costs a decent amount, where you don't want to have to lose that. But, you know, I am I am happy with what we saw. So if I have any worry, it's not talent related. Is there so speaking of the six man rotation? I, w- I did want to ask you a little bit about this. Is there any pitcher on this team that you think avoids the six man rotation, or there's like two or three of them that's going to be mixed in? And like maybe Heaney and Bundy don't get they always go five days type of thing. I would think if anyone would, it'd be Bundy. I mean, Heaney's always hurt, Cobb's always hurt, Canning just coming off of like whatever PRP last year. Otani, we already know what the deal with him. Who else do they have? There's someone I even mentioned. Quintana. Oh, Quintana. Well, Quintana. Yeah. <laughs> I, they felt you want him not to pitch as often as as he, you know, you know, he, give him give him his extra day off. He could use it. So, I I, I would think that uh, he is the only one that is Bundy's the only one that should avoid this, just due to, just to do, just to do to get extra time off, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I wish they would have just uh, went another direction. And when everyone, yeah. you know, the Cubs are giving away Darvish, when Joe Musgrove was free, Joe De- Jake Odorizzi is still available. Tywin Walker is still available. I don't know why they went the direction they did. Yeah, I figure they they probably look at it as well. Everybody here is an injury concern, so let's just stockpile it. We'll start with six, and by week two. We'll already be down to four, so we'll be scrambling again. <laughs> we'll be down to four. Um, you know, Rizel uh, had starter eligibility Gee, for fantasy teams a few years starter. ago. Let's see what you got. Come on. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good call. <laughs> All right, let's jump over to the Oakland Athletics. Uh, new to the team, Elvin Elvis Andrews, uh, Sergio Romo, and then signed today, Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, so... Interesting news today. Um, The starting roster. I mean, why? Um, Because they didn't have a closer. That was our. That was one of our questions. Now it's not. Well, sort of is. All right. Starting roster here. Uh, Leading off is uh, Ramon Laureano, and then Mark Kana, Matt Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, uh, Sean Murphy, Mitch Moreland, Stephen Piscotti. Elvis Andrews, Tony Kemp, uh, the pitching staff, Chris Bassett, Jesus Lazardo, Frankie Montez, Sean Manea, and Mike Fires, and then uh, waiting in the wings in the injury list is AJ Puck. Um, yeah, AJ, uh, lead the way, man. Oof. Okay, all right, let's do it. <laughs> Sean Murphy. So he was definitely a sleeper pick by many guys last year. Um, pretty sluggish start. You know, saw him just hit two homers at a 202 average. Um, and that was his first 69 at bats. Shout out Gronk. Uh, it appeared 
we were all wrong though because he finished strong, had five more homers, two seventy seven average over his last forty seven at bats. So what? You know, it's kind of like a Jekyll Hyde situation here. But what what should we expect from Mister Murphy in twenty twenty one? And is he a bargain as the eleventh catcher going off the board right now? I, I mean, I think he is because uh, you have the small group at the top, Real Muto, and uh, you know whether you, be- you believe in Smith and then Grandal, Contreras, and Perez. I guess yeah, Perez, Darno. Well, depending on if you believe in him and staying healthy as well. And then you have this like large group of people where honestly catching one through 10 can finish in any order. So if you can get with someone this with this much talent, I think it's a bargain. I mean, his his max of exit velocity is 112.5, which is very good for a catcher. His barrel percentage jumped up to 12.7, hard hit rate 48.1. It's just fantastic. You're probably going to have to live with like a, a you know, a, a hit to batting average, but a catcher again who really cares there's no one really much later than that i think that's like kind of your firewall right there like maybe james mccann is sitting there too where he catchers that are going to definitely get most days and not have some tremendous downside there's good bargains later like wilson ramos ended on the tigers um he'll have a lot of at bats stolen from him but like he'll play most days and maybe do okay but i this is the kind of area i love to grab my catcher in because uh, yeah, everyone after here has like immense risk or playing time problems. So yeah, I think he's good. One thing we didn't mention though is like he he had like a, apparently had a collapsed lung um, within the last two weeks. Uh, they had mentioned so this is something Ooh. that he's going to be slowed in uh, in training camp right now. So uh, that's just something that. to look out for. Yeah, it just uh, apparently it happened during the off season like a couple weeks ago. They only announced it yesterday. Oh, like, I see. yeah, you know, pitchers shut up. I mean, yeah, I missed the news about who I missed who they were talking about. I turned on my Sirius XM and they were talking about like this collapse long, like it should have been announced a long time ago. And like the people yeah. on air were Well, because they said he like he couldn't he can't fly in a plane. So I guess he can't get there. But they don't know where it came from. Like they, they actually said he could have coughed too hard oh and it collapsed his lung, which, wow, I can't imagine what that Jesus. feels like. But I mean, uh, they said it'll be fine. But again, oh. that doesn't sound fun. So it's something to look out for. For sure. No, that's not. Yeah, that doesn't sound good at all. But yeah, yeah, Mm. that's that's not good, man. But yeah, no, I like Sean Murphy. I was huge on him last year and he he burned me early on. Uh, Luckily, catcher was a a you know what show and I just held on to him and then reaped the benefits in the last month. So that was fine. All right. uh, so as we alluded to the the closer situation in Oakland, it was a total mess before. Maybe it still is. I mean, how much stock are we putting into Trevor Rosenthal being the guy and being uh, consistent and reliably the guy? I mean, we see in Oakland every year, like whoever's the guy, like doesn't finish his guy and like it's somebody else. Right. So are we expecting Rosenthal to just be it? Like they paid him kind of like he's it. Or do we expect Romo or Diekman to kind of mix in here or possibly take over? No, 100% it's Rosenthal. It's the A's, and they just gave someone $10 million. All right. (laughs) I mean, it's the A's. He's the closer. They may trade him. I mean, that's possible. So, and Diekman's still good. So, uh, you know, if if you're in holds leaks, he's still there. But uh, yeah, Rosenthal, opening day every day. He's 100% the closer. The A's do not hand out this kind of money, and the fact that they did was bizarre. Uh, but, you know, I I think if he's healthy, he'll be great. 
So, um, yeah, I have no worries with him being the closer. The only question mark with him, like many other guys that um, wouldn't be elite across the entire league, is if he gets traded, he'll probably be a setup guy somewhere else, uh, which we'll see how the A's do. They're, in their mind, they're not going to need to do that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a fine option in, in drafts because there'll still be those questions about him. Um, no doubt he'll creep up quite a bit after signing with the A's. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people thought he could have closed um, after Mark Melanson went to the Padres, that became a little less, um, you know, a little less obvious. But yeah, the A's is a good landing spot for him. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like they, I like the move big time. So they do it. still have a, a a decent amount of guys in that bullpen too. You, we, we talked Deekman, we talked Romo, but Lou Trevino, guy that was very save happy a few years ago, Yosmiro uh, Pettit. Um, he came in and, and pitched really well two years ago in the setup role. So I think that they have some some guys there that could potentially fill in if Rosenthal becomes a trade target. But at the same time, other than uh, Trevino, all of those other guys are old. Uh, I mean, Diekman's 34. Romo's 38. Uh, Pettit's 36. So... You know, Rosenthal is just about 31. You know, he's got the age on his side um, and, and the service time is there. So I, I think I think it'll be good for him, but it'll be interesting to see how the A's fare, you know, come trade deadline time to see where they're at and if they're going to be buyers or sellers. So how, um, how pissed is Deakman? He's like, what else do I have to do? I threw a .42 yeah. ERA last year, guys. Seriously, Seriously. guys. <laughs> He's just, he's just sitting in the dugout, just being like, "You took my germ." <laughs> like I, I don't know what else to do with this guy. It's and he sucked when he was in Philly. I, I mean, he just <laughs> could not do a damn thing. And they're like, "Go, get out, just, just, just stop." See but typical, what's that? I, no, I do not have a Deakman bobblehead. I'm sorry. I have every other pitcher, uh, and I also have a Roy Oswalt downstairs that I didn't pull out yet. Um, this reminds but, me of Hansel Robles. As a Mets fan, I'm just used to – the best thing is Hansel Robles. Someone would hit the ball, and he would point up like as a pop-up, and it was like a 500-foot home run. <laughs> and we finally get rid of him. All Mets fans are rejoicing. He goes to the Angels, pitches well for a bit, and we're all like, give it time. Yeah, just give it time, and Wait of course, for it. <laughs> of course, he's he's terrible now. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of there. He was our Jake Deakman, but yeah. he he actually went back to being terrible. <laughs> yeah, now Deakman left Philly like so many others have and has succeeded. So, um, I, you know, hate hate to see it as a Philly fan, but you know, I'd like to see it for for the game and for you know the the guy. But um, speaking of injuries and and up and downs, uh. Jesus Lazardo, I mean, he was good, not great in 2020. Um, I mean, the projections, uh, including your own, actually, have him improving. So is you know that improvement enough to warrant his, uh, his current ADP? All right. I think yes and no. I think it is entirely roster construction dependent because I think in this year with the six-man rotations and then – Lots of teams coming out like the Brewers saying there'll only be a 100 inning bump in innings pitched. I think the very top of the innings, there will not be like I think I said in like 2019, there was 37 people who pitched over 180. 
Last year, there was only 37 who pitched over, um, or there was only 17 who pitched over um, 70, 70 innings. So I think the very top of the the uh, you know the innings in the league will be a lot lower, where that will not affect the the lower guys. So I think the young people like Lazardo that have that innings cap, I don't think it's going to hurt as much. And it's but it's still going to be there. That being said, uh, he if you ever listen to him, he's very very sharp and he knows exactly what's going on. He was very uncomfortable with the way the season went. You know, he actually missed time uh, with COVID and he said he was kind of battling with mechanical problems the entire year where he was always like moving around and he, you know, always reviewed after the game and he tried different grips throughout the entire year. And he had one point, um, he had one point actually messed with a slider grip in his bullpen, loved the way it looked pitched, used it that day. He like invented a new pitch because Brooks baseball, I think thinks he has a curveball. Savant thinks he has a slider or one way or the other. It's all one pitch. Um, he doesn't have a curveball. He doesn't have a slider. At least, at least at the time he didn't. He has a curveball that slides, <laughs> or he has a slider that curves. Uh, it's basically a slurve. And uh, he's spending the entire offseason working on just having a consistent mechanics, consistent um, release point. And he has that really great four pitch arsenal. And then he mixed in that extra slider that had more uh, velocity. So he could even have a fifth pitch moving in. And I just everything about him I, I like because when he came in in 2019 he was dominant and his velocity was really high and people were worried that uh, you know his velocity would drop coming over and he was actually aware of that too he's very um, he keeps within himself he doesn't overthrow kind of like Noah Syndergaard does like get let up by overthrowing he he stays within himself he understands that so um, I think that he's re- he's electric i think the work ethic is there the innings limit is going to hold him back but um i think that based on everything i saw last year and him outwardly understanding it and the progress he's made in the offseason uh, i think it's just going to all like add up to him having kind of a breakout year here the only problem will be the innings there is no way around it he will probably be capped i mean where do i have him around 150 innings and i think i'm being generous there uh, I think you got to if you draft him, you got to be willing to accept that it could be 135 or 140. Um, but uh, and, you know, I'm not talking about anything insane. I have a three, four, two area and a one, two, one whip uh, around pitch 100, though. That's really good. I have him like 27.7 uh, strikeout rate. So I think he can exceed those ERA numbers. But I think for where he's going and the kind of upside he has, I think that's appropriate when I say there's a time and place. You should already have some pitchers in place that you're fine with if you can take the hit. If like if you went Trout Mondesi and then my ace ended up being um, my ace in that league ended up being like uh, Trevor or uh, Tyler Glass. Now, that's not an obviously a great opportunity to uh, to do that. But if you've locked down a couple of guys early and you can you know take a shot on someone with lower innings, high upside, then that's great. But uh, yeah, I think the ADP is uh, is appropriate because. Yeah, I think he's a stud, and um, I, I'm, I'd be happy to take a shot on him. Yeah, I, just, I guess the one thing I worry about him is like the strikeouts aren't quite there for him as as a as a in comparison to some of the other guys that are going around him. Um, so I, I I think unfortunately I will probably pass on him where he's going if he falls a little bit. I'm probably all over him, um, but. I think where where he's going, I'm not quite sure that the strikeouts are coming. Um, I just don't don't see where that where that's coming in yet. So, you know, 
it he's a fine pitcher and I think he will improve this year uh, and all the projections agree with that too so um, I'm just not sure that the strikeouts are going to improve enough to where I, I want him over some of the other guys so um, all right well then let's move on to Seattle yep all right uh, we've got new to the team Rafael Montero okay cool great uh, and then James Paxton. Isn't this a return to the team, new to the team again? All right. So, I mean, Paxton, let's talk about him for a quick second. You know, he's often injured, but he's so damn good when he's healthy. I mean, is he worth a late round flyer in hopes that he returns to form here? Uh He's going late enough where you can take a shot on him. I'm not excited about it, especially like they're a team. <laughs> they're, they're they're a team that is going to do the six man rotation as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you take out all those possibilities of two star weeks if you're in a weekly league. If you're in roto, it hardly matters at all. But um, yeah, take a, you can take a shot. It's fine. I, I'd rather have I'd rather take a shot. I think there than Corey Kluber. Uh, I think there's more of a chance of Paxton making it happen. I think both of them are going to end up injured. There's just no it does. There's no real suggestion in my mind that it's not going to happen, but I don't know. Um, it's, it's just a lay-round dart throw. I, I have no confidence there, but he's just like any other lay-round dart throw. Uh, I I think I'd rather take it. Honestly, I'd rather draft Noah Syndergaard, who I know won't be back until June. Whoa. I think he pitches more innings than Paxton. I mean, maybe you're right. That's interesting. Well, between Paxton being injured at some point with with that with you know whatever he has and the six man rotation, it won't be hard to catch him. Um, so I mean, that's yeah. not me saying I want Thor. That's just me saying I could literally in my heart think that Thor throws more innings than Paxton, and that's not good. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a rough one, man. I never thought of that. Yeah, with the six man rotation, it makes it harder to swallow drafting Paxton. Um, but I mean, he's. <laughs> In most leagues, I mean, take your NFBCs and your, your super deep leagues out of this, right? Paxton's free. Yeah, <laughs> He's not no, even getting drafted. A, I'm more likely to take him shallow league. If you're in a 12-team league, take a shot. Take if he sucks, you cut him, right? Right? Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm yeah why not? Yeah, if you do it. If I'm in a deep league or like a draft champions where I can't go anywhere, nah. <laughs> I, I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't really want to go as much. But yeah, if you're in a shallow enough league, go for all upside. If, yeah, if he's I mean if he's healthy, he's great. He's never not good when he's healthy. If he's healthy, he'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. The uh yeah, I think in shallow leagues, you said it right on. That's exactly what I was thinking. In a shallower league and a in a smaller league, take him early, ride him while he's hot, and maybe it works out for you. And then as soon as he's hurt or you know, if he randomly sucks, bye. You got you got options. <laughs> Basically, if, he, so. if he's awesome, you should probably just <laughs> trade him. <laughs> yeah, I, he's the yeah. prototypical guy who Sammy people are going to know the of, name. Sammy Watkins of baseball. <laughs> yeah, people are going to know the name and be After like, "Week one, get oh, rid of him." Damn, <laughs> this guy's been really pitching well for these three innings. Uh, all right, yeah, I'll take him. You know, give me, give me whatever, you know, whatever you can. Okay, well, how about my Mike Trout at, at the ninth pick? You know, F- fuck it, Paxton's killing it right now. I'm done. No, but All seriously, right. you're joking. This is realistically what you can do because people I, yeah, listening. I know. No, I'm, I mean, I'm like, sadly, James Paxton could have one game, five innings, seven strikeouts. Looks great. Kyle Hendricks gets his freaking doors blown off of this first game, two innings, six earned runs. 
you can find someone who will accept that trade. <laughs> you can. You can get to the Kedrick, Kyle Hendricks owner, and you can ex- you can actually get them to take Paxton from you. The oh, people yeah. are out there. People get even the smart people get emotional. Just you always gotta you know throw <laughs> throw the trades out there. Sometimes they bite. Absolutely. All right, so let's uh, let's dip into the lineup here. Um, we got J.P. Crawford again, former Philly, going somewhere else, doing pretty decent. Uh, leading off, we got Dylan uh, Crawford is leading off. Dylan Moore. We got Kyle Lewis, Kyle Seeger, uh, Mitch Haniger. We got Jose Marmelajos. I totally butchered that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be t- it's gonna be uh, Kalenic soon, so you don't get to worry about. It. Exactly. All right. Good. Uh, Ty France, much easier. Uh, Evan White and uh, Luis Torrens at catcher coming in in the nine hole. Um, pitching lineup: we got uh, Marco Gonzalez, Paxton, who we already talked about, uh, Kikuchi. You got Justice Sheffield. You got Chris Flexen, and you got Justin Dunn. So another six-man rotation coming at you. What you got, Joe? All right, man. Yeah. So first question there, right to Justice Sheffield. Um, yeah, look, he he was coming through the minors, and a lot a lot of people thought, you know, it was looking like he was going to be a a big strikeout guy. Really, kind of fizzled out there in the strikeout department uh, that that he had as a prospect, but. It might have been a good thing. I mean, he, his consistency and his control was much better last season. You know, finished with a 3.58 ERA, which was drastic improvement over what he had done before. Uh, I mean, despite, you know, the lack of strikeouts, can that be a viable fantasy asset? Can that make him a viable fantasy asset in 2021 to, with that kind of an ERA? I I don't see it repeating. Um I mean, he, he he doesn't get squared up very often. His barrel rate's like, I guess, against it's like 3%. But the things you want to see, I mean, like you said, the strikeouts took a dip over this the last year. His is, is swinging strike rate dropped from like 12.9 to 8. More concerning is that his Z contact went from 86 to 92, which he looks like he's, you know, he's trying to make contact. That's what he's attempting to do. So you don't necessarily like hold that against people, especially someone with him who is uh, 52.3% ground ball rate and a 50.6 ground ball rate. But there's not a lot of room for error there if you're not getting the strikeouts and you're not getting a lot of people to chase your, you know, chase everything out of the zone. Everything we saw last year is legit, though. I mean, three five eight ERA backed up with a three one seven FIP, and like I said, you look at the XFIP is four two seven, but this is someone who's looking to limit hard contact. Mm-hmm. Is the barrel percentage is low, so normalizing home runs for him isn't necessary. So you look more to the, you know, the FIP when it comes to field independent pitching with the defense behind him. I mean. It actually looked like he got unlucky last year. So where he's going, I'm I'm willing to take a shot on that. I think what we saw is pretty legitimate. He's like, you know, the Dallas Keuchel type, though, where or Marcus Stroman. I don't know. He's trying to get more strikeouts, too. But just like one of those people where as long as you're fine. Oh, you know, what? actually, a good example is just his teammate, Marco Gonzalez, who's a lot mm-hmm. more expensive than him. If you're fine with the no strikeouts, I think that he'll be I think he'll be decent enough. It's unfortunate the six man rotation. But again, here. With like guys like Paxton and, and Chris Flexen, who knows? Maybe they'll sh- they'll go back to a five man sooner than later. <laughs> Probably but will happen. Th- these guys are all cheap enough where I'm not too worried about that. Like I said, Bundy, it worried me because he's expensive. With these guys, I don't. So I like Sheffield uh, as long as you know what he is. Um, 
if you're expecting that K rate from 2019 to come back, it, I don't think it is. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think he, you know, changed his, his approach a hundred percent there. You know, to me, because I, I kind of gravitate to the daily lineup leagues, he's more of the, the streaming type option where, yeah, you actually may even hold him on your roster because he's a good streaming option, you know, every other time out because you can afford it more in a daily lineup league. Um, in a weekly league, uh, I, I don't know. Like, he, may, he might get dropped a lot more. But in a, in a in a daily lineup league, I feel like he plays more because, you know, when he when he does go after – you know, teams like the Tigers and things like that, like he, you're playing him probably, you know, like that, that ERA is going to play real nice and, you know, he might rack up, you know, six, seven, eight Ks that, that day off just six innings and you're loving it. So that's, that's how I kind of view him. So, yeah. So let's uh, cue the sexy music here, but no, wait, never mind. <laughs> Jeff, you didn't have that uh, queued up. Huh? We're going to go ahead and talk about <laughs> Kyle Seeger. So clearly not. Why is he, why is he on the team option. still, by the way? Why is Kyle Seeger still on the <laughs> team? Because his last? brother just won MVPs in consecutive playoff appearances. <laughs> I don't, I don't mean because he's bad. I mean, like that this... it's it's related because they're related. I, I don't know. It's... He should have been traded last year. At the yeah, end he of the totally should have been traded. When he wasn't <laughs> traded, I was like, what? Yeah, it made no sense. Like, what is Seattle doing? <laughs> you take anything for this man. Anyway, yeah, focusing on the grunge scene, not on their baseball team. So, again, not at all anything sexy about Kyle Seeger. Uh, but should he at least be drafted higher than he's currently going? I mean, it, he is at least consistent above average. Um, you know, he still bats in the middle of the lineup. He's got, you know, RBI potential, homer potential-ish, we'll say, at this point. I mean, what are your thoughts on on uh, non-sexy Seeger? That's fine. I mean, I, <laughs> I I usually like him. I mean, he's, he usually is about as consistent as they come. I mean, you, you pretty much just mark him down for his 25 to 30 home runs as average counting stats and his average is usually 250 to 260 the last few years though has been 221 239 and 241 so i mean if that is what we're in for i i don't think he should be drafted any higher i mean i'm glad no one's really falling for what we saw because he had what nine home runs and five stolen bases in a limited season (laughs) seattle ran like crazy i'm pretty sure we're not going to get a full season you know stretch of whatever that you know extrapolates out to like freaking like 12 or 13 stolen bases that's not going to happen he usually gets about two three a year and i think that's what we should expect being traded off the team would be good because you know maybe he can land somewhere where you know there is some more counting stats to be had as far as runs and rbis but um with guys like michael franco out there as a free agent who's basically him Mm -hmm. um uh, i don't know why anyone's giving up an asset against seattle what were you thinking? They make no, they make trades all the time. So, yeah, I mean, he's just a guy. He he did really well last year. If you actually look into like his plate discipline metrics and stuff, he he actually is pretty impressive with what he did. But it's 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 an anomaly based on the rest of his career. It's just an outlier in a short season. He's available late. Guys like Brian Anderson of the Marlins are available late. They're all like those like okay average twenty five home run guys. They're not hard to find. 
CJ Crone was just like picked up by the Rockies. He's probably going to hit 40 home runs. Yeah, right. Oh, um, he's free. Yeah. Like if you want a corner infielder and not just like third base, it's just, I don't know. There's just nothing. There's just a lot. These guys kind of grow on trees. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah my, my thing with, with Seager is like, yeah, you can look at last year and think it might be an outlier, but you go back the year before in just 106 games, he had 23 bombs. I mean, like, Maybe something's changed with this guy a little bit. Like, I, like I'm not, I'm not saying go out and like go crazy with him. But like, look at the end of your draft. If if you want and need the safer pick because you've tried to go after a whole lot of upside, you know, Seeker Seeker's not gonna hurt you. Like, he's gonna be a good safe player, especially early on in your leagues where you can hold on to him, reliably count on some stats from him. And then look, maybe somebody will come along and you can drop him that, you know, who's going to be a lot better. But I think he should be drafted a lot higher than he's going. There's people drafted ahead of him who are barely going to see the field this year. Who, who are cr- some ex- who are some examples going in from like, I don't know. It just it just seems like I'd rather have like Austin Riley than him. I would rather have. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with some examples. Like there's just so many people that like, are just, like I see Adley Rochman going like the catcher for the Orioles like this guy. Well, that's stupid. That's not. He's no. The, he's not getting called up this year. Nico Goodrum. Yeah. Like what? Why? <laughs> like, how guys, dare you? How dare you besmirch the name of Goodrum? <laughs> I'm sorry. Forgot it clearly name. has the word "good" in it. Come on. Yeah, he I mean, is. Jonathan he's Scopes going you. ahead of him. Like I don't know. I mean, it's kind of the same player, but yeah, you know, I think they're the same guy. Yeah, but I mean, like. Yeah. No, I have Adam, no problem with Seager. I'm just Adam Duvall. <laughs> Although his point in ADP does it really matter? Does ADP no. matter? It's more like you get to a certain He's point where you're like, okay, I need a third baseman. Okay, Seager, and well, you just you just corner infielder is what you're looking at, or utility, or just bench spot at this point. Like you know how late he's going. He's a free player, two fifty ADP basically. So like you're just grabbing anybody. Like I I think at the end of your drafts. And, and I said it in an article that's going to go up tomorrow. If if you've taken a lot of chances, a lot of upside plays, and, you know, look, 50% of those guys aren't going to hit, if probably not more, right? This is how it works. Yep. Seager's going to hit with what you expect from him. So you go draft that Seager. You go draft Kyle Seager late in your drafts to – Get a safe play. You can't draft 15 upside guys. You're going to get smashed in your leagues. It just doesn't work that way, guys. Uh, you've got to go. you got to get some safe, upside. reliable guys. I'm sorry. I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> who would you rather have? Um, who would you rather have? Uh, Kyle Seeger, Brian Anderson, or Eduardo Escobar? I don't want Brian Anderson. Uh, I, I get his average is way better. They're all, but for me, they're literally all the same guy. Put mass on him. Brian I can't Anderson tell the doesn't hit the for the power, right? Am I? No, he'll hit twenty. He'll hit. Uh, he'll hit like the twenty-five ish. You, know, I mean, he's never like he's never reached the peaks that Seager had. But I think what we're looking at, it's it's pretty similar. Uh, yeah, Last he year, he hit eleven home runs was... and two hundred and twenty at bats or two twenty-nine or two twenty-nine yeah. plate appearances. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they are all kind of, and they're all going around the same range too. So yeah, they're all kind of the same. But again, those are all <laughs> those are all guys. Like, go after one of them late in your drafts and just kind of bank some stats early on until some of these other guys pop up and you can drop them for like much higher upside and much more valuable players. You can't you can't sit there and draft all the upside guys and just wait and hope that 
half of them hit because it just doesn't doesn't happen that way usually. I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, last question here: Mitch Haniger, um, batting average dropped significantly in 2019. Um, of course, you know he's only able to play 63 games thanks to the back injury, which might have attributed to the the drop in the batting average. Um, surgery held him out last year. I mean, thoughts on him for this season? You know, his ADP is super low as well, right there. I mean, all these Mariner players are just dirt cheap, honestly. I mean, I'm not trying to make a joke at all. I think I think he's he's Kyle Seager as far as what I'm expecting. I think he's a little better average. 250, maybe 25 to 30 home runs. I, yeah. I, I'm expecting the same thing out of both people, but Hanniger has proven in the past that he can be better than that, obviously. Like, hey, he can get 280. Um, so, yeah, I think he's more of a, hey, Kyle Seeger with upside. <laughs> We're just, yeah, you take Kyle Seeger with no, Mitch Hanniger's Kyle Seeger with upside. So, yeah, I think it's a great option that they say that he is, uh, he is healthy. And we've seen what he can be when he's healthy. I mean, 2018, 285 with 26 home runs, 90 runs, 93 RBIs, eight stolen bases. So, yeah, certainly um, take a shot. Uh, outfield's really deep for this reason. There's a lot of interesting people there. And if he's going to play every day, you know, we'll ride him up there. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Hanniger. I, I do like him. I don't know. AJ, you got any thoughts on him? Yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely like him. I mean, he's the uh, looking at the starting lineup again. He's the second oldest player behind uh, Kyle Seager, um, <laughs> who is the oldest player on this team. Not gonna lie, finding questions for Seattle is rough. Starting um, <laughs> Hanager, if he's healthy, they ought to trade him too. Rounding Kyle Seager yes. with every you know, th- this is probably going to be the most publicity he will get all year long. Um, so you're welcome, buddy. Um, bring in that 33rd year but yeah dude i, I like haniger he's got the upside he he's got some pop um injuries have slowed him a little bit so i think uh i think it's a good year for him to to get back into it so all right let's move on so to the rangers here with our last team the texas rangers uh new to the team we got a lot of them nate Lowe, david Dahl, chris davis Mike Fulton Evans, Dane Dunning. I want to go real quick back to Chris Davis. Oh, man, how hard it has fallen for Chris Davis. <laughs> he was a stud. And, uh, yeah, not not so much anymore. I mean, did, what, what do we do with Chris Davis, man? Like, is he just... I mean, he's just he's done, right? Like, there's no way you've got to see it for like a week or so for him to like be picked up in leagues, right? He's obviously not getting drafted, but wow, went from 40 home runs for three straight years down to 23, and then just two last year. Didn't really even see a lot of playing time. The batting average is just dropping significantly. Like, what happened to this guy? Yeah, I mean, he went. You used to have a conversation where you're like, oh, I drafted Chris Davis, and people like people really, oh no, it was Chris Davis with a K. Not a C. Now it doesn't matter. Who cares? They're both the same person. They both suck. (laughs) I mean, they went from having 247 average locked up though for a while there, and then yeah, then he gave it up. (laughs) Uh, They had Elvis Andrews planted on their bench, and then he got pushed out, um, freeing up the infield log jam. And you know, Nick Solak can play, and everyone can play. And instead, they bring back Chris Davis, and then log jam up the outfield and DH situation where Willie Calhoun was maybe going to DH. Now he has to go out to the outfield. David Dahl's out there. Nate Lowe's a first. We don't know if they can plug anyone at first base now. 
it's just it's just horrible that he's even on the team because all he's going to do is steal at bats from someone else who should have them. So I don't, I'm not interested in Chris Davis. I'm just interested in how Chris Davis is going to screw everybody else because <laughs> it be, uh, again it, it affects the outfield because he's clog. <laughs> if he's playing, he's clogging the DH and and then. Calhoun can't go out there and then it's just whatever. I mean, David Dahl's going to get injured and this will all work itself out, but <laughs> yes. Uh, and I don't know, Joey yep. Gallo. I mean, it seems the writings on the wall that they're going to probably trade him at some point as well. So who knows? Maybe that'll work itself out. But for now, yeah, I'm not interested in Chris Davis other than how it kind of screws up the opportunities of other people. Yeah. It was just one of those, like I, I saw it and I'm, I traded for him in the dynasty league two years ago to win the league that year, you know, with him. And then I was like, Oh, I got to keep him. And then, Ooh, <laughs> nope. Uh, all right. So <laughs> let's run through those. Oh, I got to trade him. Yeah. No, he's being dropped. <laughs> so it's, it's a dynasty, but we only, I don't know. We only keep 25 people. So it's more of a keeper league. It's weird. I don't know. Anyway, uh, lineup here. Leody Tavares is leading off. Isaiah Kenner, Falefa. Man, these names are terrible. Um, starting shortstop. This guy's all over the place. Um, Willie Calhoun, Joey Gallo, Nick Solak, Nate Lowe, David Dahl, Jose Trevino. Is that a golfer? Uh, and then Ruffin Odor. And then... Uh, Second Trevino in this division that we talked about. And then uh, starting pitching, Kyle Gibson, Jordan Lyles. I don't know. Dane Dunning, Mike Fulton, <laughs> Kohei, Ari, Ari Hara. I'm going to hope I get that one right. I don't know. Um, all right. So let's jump over to a player we do know how to say his name. Joey Gallo, as you mentioned. I mean, look, we know the power is there sure for him, right? But I mean, but, all right. I like Ari Hara for what it's worth. All right. I knew no, I literally knew nothing about him. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So I didn't write his name down. I forgot. Um <laughs> All right, I, I, awesome it's just a total quick sidebar here. Uh, I, I'm just now looking at this uh, on the fan graphs as I'm scrolling through and seeing his his name and everything. Purchased from Japan, December of 20... <sighs> I mean, haven't we moved on from this, people? <laughs> All right, sorry. Total what? sidebar. I, I, I just I, I just don't like I'm the term. That. I don't like it. Well, I think his con- contract was purchased. Yeah, I I know what it means, but I also know what it means. So it's just I don't know. It's weird. Sorry, AJ getting political in uh, yeah, and I'm not political. At all. all right, uh, so Joey Gallo. Like obviously, we know Matt. The power is unquestioned for Joey Gallo, but the batting average is just atrocious. It's just but is the power enough to overcome the bad batting average for him? I mean, outside of 2019, where he actually, you know, he looking like he was going to be good <laughs> with batting average. He looked like he turned a, turned a corner, then went right back to being even worse last year. But I mean, like, is the is the power enough to overcome this just atrocious batting average where he's hopefully hitting 200? Right. See, he's actually the current player breakdown I'm doing because uh, I do all the player threads. He's the one I'm working on right now. It'll probably be out tomorrow. But I guess sneak peek of that, it's just anyone who thought 2019 was real was, uh, where have you been? Are you new here? <laughs> he had a 368 BABIP after batting 209 and 206 the previous two years with 40 home runs. All of a sudden, he bats 253 with a 22 home runs. 
the 253 was never happening. He's not going to hit 368. He's not the fastest guy in the world. He had a 389 on base, which was due to a lot of walks. That was interesting. His his plate discipline was fantastic. He actually went from like atrocious to well above average in one year. So that was interesting. And I wanted to see if that would carry over. The, the batting average was always coming down. But him being on base more would be nice. It could help him with like just general counting stats um, and just having a better batting eye because he's a barrel machine. He's always like over 20%. Last year it dropped to like 10 or 11, which is still great for most people. But for him, it's terrible. Um, so he batted 181 with 10 home runs. And I'm sorry to tell everybody, that's kind of what he is. I mean, again, uh, 2017, 209 with a 333 on base, 40 home runs or 41 home runs. 2018, 206 with a 312 on base, 40 home runs. And then last year, only 226 plate appearances, batted 181 with a 301 with 10 home runs. I mean, his 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 BABIP was a little low and his uh, all of his plate discipline was awful and he was whining about the stadium. So I think that there's some positive regression coming his way. But all in all, uh, 209, 206 with 40 home runs, that's just who this guy is. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you look at all the projections. They have like 218, 215. He's like, I'm betting on it being 209 to 206 because right. that's exactly who he is. His BABIP's going to come back to around 250 like it was for those two years. And he's going to hit probably 40 home runs with like 85 and 90. I mean, it's he. we've seen who he is, and that's who he is. So either you're okay with that or you're not. Uh, so I won't say I'm worried about him. I won't say I'm excited about him. He was going way too early last year, and he's going way too late this year. He should be being where he was drafted in 2019 drafts, um, which is you know a guy who's going to hit 205 to 210 with 40 home runs. Uh, and I, yeah, I'm not sure what else there is to, to really say. He's he's still relatively young. He's not in any you know he's not in any kind of downturn. 2020 should kind of be erased. He's not that bad, but he's not going to get much better yeah I, I i don't like to take those players where like they're just huge drains on batting yeah. average they're hard to own like i can find power elsewhere i don't need to find the guy hitting 40 that's going to give me a 210 batting average if i'm lucky i just never wanted that and it it makes you have to <clears throat> if you take a guy like gallo you're forced to take safer batting average guys with which in a lot of cases, don't get you a lot of power later on in drafts. Don't get you the huge counting stats. Sometimes those batting average guys later in drafts are just kind of boring players. Like you don't want them. You and so it's try hard. To t- I mean, it can it can work out. Like if you want to pair David Fletcher with a Gallo, you can. But like you said, in the end, you might be better off just grabbing a couple of mid guys in the middle that offer you a little bit of each. But yeah, yeah I I think it. I think it balances that a little more, but but you're right though. His his ADP is so low that like, hey, maybe once it gets around that time, I'm like, I'm gonna get 40 home runs in in round 15. Yeah, I mean, thank you, you. you could have you could have a team <laughs> where usually steals are where people's deficient, but if you've gone the draft and you've you've picked up like you know the middling guys, the guys who give you a little bit of power and some speed, and you've been just like adding speed, but you found yourself okay, I am missing power, you know, and you're like. All right, look at all these. There's so many people that can hit 25 home runs. Maybe you can grab Randall Grichek, whose at-bats are in question now in the Blue Jays because they're a stockpile. But you look at this guy. It's like 40 home runs are probably in the bank. And there's not too many guys. I mean, I said I like Austin Riley earlier. I think he's an interesting Mm -hmm. guy, but you're still hoping for that. Gallo, I think it's like 
pretty pretty sure he's hitting 40 home runs. So I agree with you. I hate taking drains anywhere. I don't take in like taking essentially one category people like Malik Smith or Billy Hamilton, like people used to do for stolen bases. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, where he's going, I mean, it's 40 home runs. Not that many people actually do hit 40 home runs. And I guess with the tiny ball coming, whatever the freak mod Rob Manfred has in store for us, Gallo's power will play anywhere. So he's one of those guys where 40 home runs are 40 home runs. I will say this real quick before AJ does his question. Uh, you mentioned like taking the guys like Billy Hamilton and things like that. You know, they're like a drain and, you know, batting average, but they're good at steals. The problem with those steel guys is that they don't get you the cat, the other RBI and run categories either. Like maybe runs, but like RBIs are out averages, you know, for those guys are out. So you're getting no home runs, no RBI, bad average, you getting steals and hopefully getting runs, but they go, guys were on bad teams. So maybe they weren't scoring a lot. So those guys were always out for me. So mm. yeah, I just want nothing to do with them. All right, AJ, go for it, man. Okay. Again, we shall sidebar. Uh, what, what is, uh, the, the commissioner and Mitch Hanniger doing together with this, the smaller ball syndrome thing. What what's going on with that? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bad I joke. All right. Anyway, keep going. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> AJ lost his train of the Jesse. Totally. totally like, hey, how about those this. Rangers? Yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of the Rangers, um, what the hell kind of bullpen and or pitching staff overall? Just, just everything that we're looking at here. I mean, this has to be the worst. Pitching staff in the majors, absolute worst. Have you looked You're at the uh, at, or have you looked at the Baltimore Orioles? I, I live hey, well, maybe not as John close Mean. to Baltimore, like but yes, no, yeah. I would, I would you take Josh Means on a uh, six-man rotation you, you by Josh himself. Means. I'll take above John. all of these guys. Kyle Gibson, okay, yeah, high prospect. You're a turd. Jordan Lyles. <laughs> What have you done for me ever uh, besides get your ass kicked in Colorado? Um, Arihara, okay, you're labeled as purchased. We've already talked about that. Dane Dunning, okay, all right. Don't even, don't even, I'm not even going to go down there. He's the youngest on your staff, so he might have the most upside. Uh, and Fulton injury concern played for the Braves, so I already don't like you. Um, but I, I, under I'm, not, 30, I'm not convinced he throws a single inning. I, I, I mean, he's, I mean, last he's time we saw him, he was like, he just like, his, his life just evaporated, and he just shows up in Texas. I don't even, I don't know, I just, I'm interested to see him. I'm he, just in he general. He teleported down there. I, I don't know. He, he, he fell into some old X-Men comic books, found some Nightcrawler series, and boom, now you're in Texas. Okay, what the hell just happened? And this is the end of the show. Leclerc. The beer's kicking in for AJ. We have no idea boom. what's going on anymore. <laughs> Please. I like, you know I, like exactly I really do on. like Dunning. I like Arihara. I mean, there's no reason in the universe to draft Lyles. I don't, I don't no. know why they have him listed Jeez. as number two. They should go with a four-man rotation. He, or a two-man rotation. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, the Navich, though, it's happen. funny though. He could he could land anywhere between like all-star 
and like single A pitcher. I have no idea. I'm not. I mean, you don't draft them, obviously. Which, but which is what he's done in his entire career. 2018, yeah. he was an All Star, and then last year he was a uh, he, like me. <laughs> like, you know, it's one thing they uh, they low key have like a fantastic bullpen though. Yeah. Dude, at least I've, full of I've at least full of people with like uh, incredible strikeout potential. Yeah. Yeah, the Clark and Hearn for sure. I like them. Yeah, it's <laughs> I I do like the bullpen, and, and maybe that's what they're going for. Like, hey, you guys give us three innings, and then we'll move. <laughs> <laughs> they're we gonna don't know anymore. A, a a roster full of starting pitchers who are going to be openers. That's it. <laughs> uh, so, are any of these guys like worth monitoring as the season begins? Though, besides, I mean, you mentioned Arihara. Yeah, the the starters. Oh yeah, I, I think I think uh, Arihara and Dunning should both be drafted for sure. Okay, I mean, I think I think what we saw in right Chi- I think what we saw in Chicago for Dunning was pretty legitimate. I mean, uh, we saw him face off against Casey Mize in their um, professional debuts, and Dunning like looked better. Uh, I'm not saying that'll be the long term, but I mean, Dunning looks solid there, and I, I'm expecting him to be pretty good. You know, um, I mean, you know, his back end of a rotation guy. You know, he's someone he'll be right. uh, your fifth or sixth starter on your team, but I like him. I think he should be picked up. Ari Har is a guy that I would draft, see how he looks. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to know everything about him. I've read uh, scouting reports. I've seen some video clips and he looks pretty promising. So draft him, see how he looks in spring training, see how he looks in the beginning of the season, be prepared to cut him loose. But I wouldn't leave a 12 team draft with, with those guys necessarily uh, sitting on the waiver wire. The other guys shouldn't be drafted even in 15 team leagues. <laughs> no, I mean right now all their ADPs are, you know, well outside the range of being drafted. So you can pick any one of them. It seems like so. Last question here for the night: David Dahl, as we mentioned, big disappointment, a lot of hype on this guy, and he's got all the talent in the world, but uh, big disappointment in Colorado. A lot of it injury related. He's been kind of jerked around in Colorado because that's what they do. It seems like to their oh, prospects, man. not really sure what's going on. Uh, any expectation that he can turn it around in Texas now, you know, just a chain of scenery maybe does the trick for him. No. Um, <laughs> AJ I didn't ask you. <laughs> I, I, I don't know uh, if there's, if, if the, the, uh, what do you call it? The Texas air is, is going to be healing uh, because it's not that it's not the doll was bad. It was always hurt. So, I mean, honestly, look at him three, three fifteen average two seventy three three Oh three. He had an on-base percentage of over 350 twice. Slugging percentage always over 500 before 2020. When he's playing, he's good. He just never plays, and I mm-hmm. I haven't seen any. And he only had 99 plate appearances last year. I have no idea why that would change. Um, so I get. I mean, I in best ball, take a shot. If you're in like a really really deep league. I guess you can, but you know, if there's no waiver wire to be able to replenish him, that's a dangerous spot. So I think in a 12 team league, if you have waited um, on and you maybe like have a little bit of a weaker offense and you need a spark plug, it's possible you can draft him in there and hope for the best. But man, I, I don't really have any hopes there. I think you're better off. Like we talked earlier, we had mentioned Mitch Hanniger. I think you're better off. I bet bet you're you're better off. Like if you're looking for some kind of high upside guy, you're better off just trying to take something a little safer. Um, You know, I mean, we're talking about this home team. I'd rather take Willie Calhoun than David Dahl. Mm. Who has his own injury problems. Yes. I I think I'd rather take left bench than David (laughs) Dahl. Um, 
<laughs> well, I it, mean, he's good. It's not like he at is. least he's not. He, at least he's not bad. He's, he's not one of those guys flashes in the like four to seven games that he's played in, and and fourteen years. So, but no, he, he's just he's a guy that can do it. He's got the upside, but I I just don't think that I'll I'll own him again. Ruin for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for the for the team breakdown. We like to finish things off here with our standings projections, uh, predictions. Uh, Matt, how do you see this division uh, finishing out this season? Uh, I think the Astros are going to finish way out in front. Um, I don't have a win total, but <laughs> no, that's all right. Don't worry about that. Just, hey, just Astros the, just way the out, way out in front. The Astros, I think that the Angels will actually come in second with their really weird 90-man rotation. Uh, <laughs> the Athletics will come in third. With, you know, I, 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 I like Lizardo. I the rest of the rotation probably will fall apart like always. Montas already has COVID. Uh, and then I think uh, it'll, be an, it'll be a really, really fascinating race for last place between the Mariners and Rangers. It'll be a nail-biter. AJ, what you got? Definitely Astros first. Got to go Angels second. I, I mean, I think this just falls the same way that we talked about them. Athletics. Uh, yeah, athletics might pop up second. I think the Angels are going to take it, though. It, it'll be a close second runner up, you know, battle between the two of them. And then Rangers. <laughs> oh, God. And Mariners, why even Ooh, bother? Um, yeah, nobody nobody cares about you anymore. Sorry. Yeah, so I've got Astros up top too. I'm actually going to go Athletics 2, Angels 3. Uh, athletics just always seem to figure out a way to like shock people. And they'll make the playoffs and then lose in the first round. Um, Mariners, Rangers, flip a coin for who goes last, I, I guess... You know what I said? For the, I, said I, I will take I'll take the Rangers solidly in last. The, yeah, the Mariners say, at least have six competent pitchers they're throwing out there. I guess That's maybe true. because I talked up Kyle Seager, I'll say the Mariners will finish fourth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows? All right. Um, so that's it for the show, Matt. I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, remind everybody where they can find you on Twitter and and what you got in store for us this year, man. Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. You can find my work. I always, uh, on Twitter, uh, doing the 2021 player breakdowns. My DMs are always open if you have way. questions. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I work hard on them. The um, Over at NBC Sports Edge, you can find my work over there and on rotofanatic.com. Fantastic. All right, man. Well, uh, have a good night. Appreciate you coming on late notice, and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. All right. Thanks for having me. See you guys. All right. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks, man. Right, AJ. Um, I don't have anything else. We went a little uh, long today, but it's, but it's all I, good. I've got a, f- a few things uh, that we'll just throw out here because we <laughs> you you talked about your baseball cards and how you collected for just falling asleep the, by the, the way. year of 1987. <laughs> so I was uh, out digging around in the garage, found a couple for for this uh, this division here. We've got Mr. Gary Gaetti. Uh, I don't know All if right. that's visible. All it right. is. Gary Gaetti for the Angels. Uh, I've got a uh, 1992 upper deck. Best left-handed pitcher, probably because it was his only hand, 
Jim Abbott. Ah, Jim Abbott. Okay. All right. Nice. Great. Uh, then I've got a Pinnacle. Uh, I don't know if you even know what Pinnacle is. It was a brand of baseball card. Uh, we've got a Harold Baines, also played for the Orioles. And the man himself, Dennis Eckersley. I don't know what he's doing with his ball sack there, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he's grabbing it saying, fuck you, I just struck you out. And then we've got a couple of uh, quality names here for the Seattle Mariners. Well, drop that one. We got a Tino Martinez. Nice. Pinnacle again. And the other one is with Pinnacle. Omar Vizquel. All right. Nice. Boom. <laughs> His baseball oh, card is him bunting. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I literally found a baseball card of John Smoltz batting. Oh, my gosh. Why? Why are you even doing that? I mean, that that it's like, oh, wait, hold on. Snap this one. <laughs> and he's not bunting. I mean, he's actually batting. So I'll give him that. Suck it. Someone the other day, I couldn't know who the player was. It was someone with like a big handlebar mustache. And they were basically going down to to fill up uh, their Gatorade cup from the cooler. And that was their card. <laughs> and he was just kind of looking at the person like, don't you fucking take my picture. Like that was the photo. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> I'm Carney Langsford, motherfucker. That's who I am. Getting Gatorade. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least, I, I had to find this one for you, Joe, specifically. Uh, I wish I would have found this one last week. This is the big hurt. You I may know, know who him that is, as Frank off. I just Thomas. don't have his card in my house. It's buried in my mom's storage unit. Wow. Cry me <laughs> a fucking river. I have 18,000 boxes that I just moved into this house. And uh, I also have about three times that amount of pieces of packing paper that I have folded nice and neat, straight lined to try to resell to a moving company. Uh, so we'll see how that works. I'll report next week. But I, I, I don't I don't I don't have any sympathy for you not owning a Frank Thomas card. You are not I a baseball fan unless you own a Frank Thomas box. card. I actually had his cleats when I played bass. The Little League, I had Frank Thomas cleats. See? That's what I'm talking about. You act like I don't know who Frank Thomas is. I do know who Frank Thomas is. I have his cards. They're just... You know Frank Thomas from his, like, Neutrogenics commercials where the girls are <laughs> right. like, Oh, my God, that's the big hurt. <laughs> I want to go hit that. <laughs> like, what? I don't I mean, know. I got nothing. We're going to end. Uh, Jeff. <laughs> Cue the music, man. We're done. Peace out, guys. See y'all next week. I didn't know that was a part of the show. We didn't know either. <laughs> AJ goes on rants. It's not. <laughs>